0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I joined a and I went up to Daw this very remote place in Thailand branch monastery of Wat We had to go by four wheel drive for about three hours. Uh, This terrible road and into this remote jungle hideaway. And following us was a couple of photographers. (laughs) So here I found this man constantly wherever I was, this man was taking pictures of me. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <Paparazzi>. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. I have it the
1: that
2: uh, if the Buddha to then the Buddha would kind of fail within 500 years, but now it's 2500 years.
0: He was wrong. <laughs> 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 I don't I don't know what that means. You'd always suspect those things as being not mean what the Buddha said. <clears throat> I mean there's a lot uh, in any scripture that isn't you know it's not it's thus have I heard and it's not <laughs> and some people hear. All kinds of things. But I
2: think in the same relationship, it would only last 4,000 years. His prediction
0: is not reasonable. Well, there's different. (coughs) Some say he predicted his dispensation lasts 5,000 years. So that's why in in 2500 they had this big kind of celebration of the halfway mark in Rangoon, they had a big, in 1956, they had a big uh, a kind of Sangha meeting worldwide and uh, and it's strange, after 1956 there they seems to be so suddenly a lot more interest in Buddhism it was in the fifties that I became interested in. English Sangha Trust began in 1956. Arjuna Amaro was born in
1: 1956.
0: <laughs> 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 when were you born, then? Fourteen. Oh. <laughs> 19, yeah, Stigatanya. Who knows?
2: Can the sound inside and be considered as the base of infinite space?
0: Can what? Be
2: considered as the base of infinite space.
0: Well, you can you can use it as a, as a sense of measureless space, consciousness, because it functions in that way. Mm. Mm. In terms of our experience.
2: But how do mm. you go into the
1: the silence or not? Using the sound silence. And the silence still the sound of silence still use amazing.
0: Well that helps. That's like like a, that's useful, because that's where the thinking process stops, where your mind is in a state of openness, expansive awareness. And, And then, as signless, then it's not, we're not let go of any views you have about it. So it's just as is. You know, as it being anything but just the experience in itself. And then it's, uh, it's like space, like space em- embraces everything. Doesn't, space doesn't cancel out anything. The sound of silence like that has no, doesn't cancel out anything. But it includes. So it's, uh, it has that measureless, expansive, limitless, infinite, just experience, just direct experience that you can contemplate. You know, so you're not just using abstract words, talking about deathless, immeasurableness, and just ideas in your head, but you're actually beginning to recognize or realize that as experience. Because many of those words like infinity and uh, immortality and that are, are merely concepts to most people and their only reality is, uh, is with, uh, with thoughts and emotions and material objects. So they they you know they're just bouncing off one thing, going on to another, and uh, and that's all they ever notice in their lives is just they go from like thinking goes from one thought to the next. You know, if you're a real thinker, then you're just always thinking because one thought will lead on to another thought, lead on to another thought, and it just goes on. <laughs> and then <laughs> because that's how thinking works, you know, just. One thought triggers off association with some others, and, and and you go around with that. Or emotional experience. You know, you have uh, you have somebody praises you or criticizes you, and, and then you you have some emotional feeling, and uh, and you know you feel anger or resentment. And then you start thinking about it. You get defensive or you get blaming or you, you know, you you go around and around with that and so, and we live in a, are we just seeking happiness? You know, just, just trying to find uh, endless pleasure or distraction through pleasant or exciting sense experience or relationships with others or whatever. It's endlessly going on and on and, and no space between so that's why people burn out and are uh, stressed, because the, the, the pace of life is, uh, is so speedy now. But then as you're just looking at the gaps, at the silence, well, people talk about silence, nobody used to ever talk about silence. Or, I mean, it was always, you know, filling up the silence, there was a silence, something was wrong, you know, it was terribly embarrassing, you know. And and, uh, you just fill it up with maybe some ridiculous statement, because you feel so uncomfortable in the silence. And then I like the Buddha's story of, about the Buddha being, you know, the Buddha's silence where the pandits come and try to get him to expound on the infinite and the immortal and the, what happens to an arhat when he dies and he just sits there and then the pandits say, oh, he doesn't know, how can he be a Buddha he doesn't even know, things like that and, uh, but actually the silences are you know, that was that, that was a direct pointing. The answer was in the silence, not in the... Where you can... Where pandits were used to speculating about things that, that no one could really know or prove. And that's what, what a lot of people do, they always... Speculating about... Do you believe in life after death? Or do you believe in reincarnation? Do you believe in, is there a God or isn't there a God? Do you believe in God? Or do you believe there isn't any God? And uh, when Ajahn Chah died, where did his minyan go? (laughs) (laughs) We can speculate. We can, we can make guesses, but we don't know in the way that, that people that ask those questions want to know, that want answers. I mean, those questions are answerable, but in a different way than, than just, you know, some kind of, uh, created answer to a question. Based on speculation, or on guessing. And then Venerable uh, Nirodo's request, how to listen to her Daisy. <laughs> 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 it's uh, like listening. The, the best way is to, is to listen, like put your mind in a state of receptivity. And then just, and then say if I'm giving a day synonym, it's to uh, feel it. How does it, uh, notice how you are feeling, like your state of mind. So you're, you know, you are aware maybe you're, you're feeling tense, or you're feeling negative, or you're not feeling so well, or you're feeling inspired, or whatever, just to notice, or maybe just calm, so you know that because that, the state of mind is going to influence how you hear things. You know, so, so you, to know, notice what your mental state is, and then let it let the let the words hit you like waves upon a shore, and just, <laughs> and just see how the effect they have on you, on your on your mind. So that then you can, you know, then you're you actually, you know, whether, whether, you know, you, you feel bewildered, or you feel agreement, or you feel contention, or you feel what I'm saying is, is wrong, or, or whatever, just to, just to notice that, that power of words, or, just the setup, like being on a high seat, being in the ex cathedra position, the authority speaking from the, from the pulpit. And some people automatically have aversion to that, yeah. or, or underline aversion, things, just little things you can observe. Or the tone of voice, or the way I might say things to affect you. You know, the emphasis I place, I might have a, some kind of, you might feel yourself suddenly feel very shocked or bewildered or averse just by the tone of voice. Because it, it like in, then you're, then you're really listening Listening to it, and you're and you're meditating on it, so you're actually, you know, using the situation for mindfulness wisdom rather than,
2: and then just
0: going through the motions of, of uh, you know, the tradition and, or maybe just operating on the assumptions that that you have about listening to sermons, right? And another sermon. <laughs> I hope it's only twenty minutes. <laughs> 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 Talk really about
2: the, the unanswered questions to who they gave in also gave reasons why you didn't ask those questions sure, or not to, to other people. But you also referred to them being answerable in a different way. And, and some seem answerable in a different way, um, you, you, you refer to Shah's Vidya? Is that no yeah. yeah? What?
1: Winyana.
2: Winyana. And that refers to wisdom? I don't know.
1: Consciousness.
2: Consciousness. Consciousness. So that's one of the five skandas? Yeah, I about <laughs> yeah. but about what you refer to as awareness or which is in It seems to me, anyway, the question that was one not, is that there's a mortal one around it, one that doesn't have an answer in my experience, or in any experience. I guess the less <laughs> immortal <than> this occurs. <laughs> That's. Is that a question? It's not one of the ten non-answerable questions, but it is. question that arose that listening. <laughs> well not, or earlier actually earlier I mean, you, you gave the occasion for me to ask it by a great question of questions It seems that or another way to ask the question is that awareness <clears throat> in the realm of anything that one experiences and I don't mean that one can experience the brain but in the realm of in the realm the answer is yes. But you don't really know that because you don't know, that. You know that. when the body dies. That is is that a very sad when they don't know. I know I don't know her
0: and I do yeah. not see any going and be like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, well that's the doubt in your mind. because so, you, so you're uh, because you think about it and uh, and the thinking process is all based on on uh, conditions and then then the unconditioned remains a kind of negation of the conditions like unconditioned or (coughs) immortality is a negation of mortality and that's the limitation of language and thought so then the But then the mindfulness or the awareness or the heedfulness is the, is the, is the way we realize the deathless. See, so, so that's where, uh, that's a, that's where you, you know, you you give up thinking about it and it's and, and where the, You put yourself into that state of attention. And, uh, and through that attention, then, then the, then the, uh, you know, you're not thinking anymore. You're not, you're not, you're not trying to, to, uh, see it in any way other than to, to realize it, to know it directly. So, in terms of experience, direct experience from an individual experience. That's what you can know. Or like the realization of Nibbana, you can, uh, you can, is the realization, realizing non-grasping. There's grasping, and then nirvana is the uh, Knowing of non-grasping, so forth. So, so the Buddha always offered these, you know, the, the, the condition and then the unconditioned. So like, atta, anatta. Before you can really, before you rea- realize anatta, you have to know what, like, atta is or self or sakya ditti and that kind of thing. You, you don't just believe in anatta or in unconditioned on, on as as kind of a metaphysical a doctrine that that you can only believe in because you can't realize till you're dead. But uh, the Buddha is actually pointing to a direct realization while the, while the you know in the present that wasn't dependent on on this body dying to 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 know the ultimate reality, but that ultimate reality is seen is realized in a very humble way it's not like ultimate reality in a in a in a, in a grand plan but <laughs> just in the terms of, of one's own experience within the limitations of a human conscious experience so well then immediately the mind starts thinking is that Possible, or am I just fooling myself, or am I? Is Ajahn Sumedho in fooling himself? Do you think, or is it really possible? And we get up in, in doubt, and then doubt is, of course, uh, one of the fetters, first three fetters, which you teach, and it's one of the hindrances, doubt. So and and in order to realize stream entry you have to understand doubt and not 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 believe in in the tendency to doubt things so uh, because doubt is a result of thinking so this is where it ends up as a as an act of faith again but it's it's faith not in in some kind of belief but faith through through, through, uh, panya, through contemplating, and then, and then, uh, then giving up your attempt to try to prove it through, through thinking or through ideas. And trust in just the, that because like the silence doesn't seem like much of anything in terms of the thinking mind that, that can conceive of, of of unconditioned reality is, as, as, you know, as something fantastic, really, something you know, really mind blowing, <clears throat> really. You know, say so he's realized nirvana. Oh. <laughs> you <might laughs> starts start building up some some you know grand scenario of nirvana, but it's uh, but. That's not how that, I can't. I mean, I, when I when I try when I put start thinking or conceiving nirvana as something, uh, something you know really abstruse and very far away from me. Then, then I'm just making it impossible. It's a useless term, really, because it it has nothing to do with the present moment or with my experience of life. So that's why you internalize the practice so that you're really knowing from your own experience, you know. You're you're not talking about even Ajahn Chah's experience or anyone else's experience. It doesn't matter whether anyone else ever realized Nibbana or or ever will, but you. (laughs) Because... You can't know what others, I mean, they might say they realize Nibbana and that, but you don't really know. And you can't know what somebody else realizes, but you, you know what you're realizing. And then, then like, like just time, you know, contemplations of time, past, present, future, and then, and you see the, how time is, is just perception really, you know, in terms of experience. It's a, it's a perception like a memory or, or a, a anticipating something in the future. We're talking about direct experience. And then the present even, as soon as we label this the present, then we're, we're giving it a name again. But if we withdraw the whole need to, we let go the need to label and figure out, then things are as they are. And we're aware of the changingness of conditioned experience in the present, and uh, and but in that awareness of change, change takes place in the unconditioned. So then your 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 relationship isn't is no longer just uh, uh, seeing the condition as opposed to the unconditioned, but seeing them. As a, as a unity, you know, that they, the condition, the uncondition, and the the wisdom to discern the difference, like as the Buddha mind, to know, to know that the condition is a condition, or the uncondition is the unconditioned. That's really, it's, it, That's why, why when you, uh, like say God in in Christianity, uh, tends to get, you know, placed too high, uh, and it's separate, you know, so, so there's always problems around God, or, uh, you know, and trying to figure out if there is or isn't, and and what not, because, and yet, mysticism, got Christian mystics, you see, they're bringing it into a direct, direct experience. Uh, and, and so God isn't, isn't, is no longer the, the tendency to put God on some high throne up in the sky, uh, that, let go of that, because that's due to thinking. Or even God need, needing to have, needing to have a gender, you know. You know, you don't. God does You don't have to think of even God as a hermaphrodite or anything. Just, it's you know, it's a transcending the differences, the the the, the qualities of life. So so then then the manifestations can take gender, but uh, but they can be male or female. But but when you're but when you're uh, you know when you're contemplating your own mind then you see that you know you're you're realizing you're, there's a re- the reality is much more profound than anything you can think of and and then the, the questions that get asked merely from the conditioned mind are are answered in that in that realization but it's like budget time you have to realize it, you can't answer those questions uh, in the way that the thinking mind demands, because it's a real realization rather than a theory or a speculation or, or just a, another thought that follows a, a question. I don't
2: know that I asked to ask my question enough. that's that I'm happy to do after that. Today. <laughs> I appreciated the case for that. Um, but I think reflect, I mean, for me reflection is also part of the practice, whatever when like, whatever experiences occur. So, and so I find that it's useful to, to, um, doubt can to help it. That awareness, which is not conditioned in the, in the way that any of the scholars are conditioned And so in that, in that respect, it's unconditioned. But my question, I guess, is it doesn't seem in any way that one can know that it's immortal. Which is a sense of unconditioned. Right. Well,
0: that's like immortal or deathless. It's the yeah. deathless, is, uh, you know. So, but but it, it, when you get into to realization unconditionally you can look at it as immortal or unconditioned or or uh, desireless or. Un- emptiness, or anatta, or nothingness. Uh, So, so, I mean, it's just words just kind of different ways of contemplating it. You know, because it's the same thing. It's not not like a thing, or it's not a... It has no quality. But then the words that we have pointing to that realization, they have different, different words. And so, like, um, the important thing is the realization, you know, the reality of it, rather than, like, the word immortality tends to, tends to be too much connected in Western mind with a, with a soul, an individual soul, isn't it?
2: It's really lasting
0: for us. Yeah. But, and so, where in, uh, where we would say deathless, does that mean the same thing? I
2: don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> not mortal, not mortal or deathless. Amata, they use. Amaravati. <laughs> Mata, Mara. Mara is death. You know, like the, the Mara is the personification of evil forces, temptations, and, 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 but it is, it is actual words for death. Mara, and then Amara is deathless. And uh, they have, like in Thai, they have various words for, like, the personification of death, like, Majura, like the prince of death, or something like that. So I mean they, Majuno <laughs> Padang, and they say, Pamado, Machuno Padang, Machuno is death. The so, Padang is Pa, way of death. So death and then the thing is like in our minds this is an interesting one to contemplate, at least I find it was like life and death. Like the dualistic mind conceives death is the end of life. So so we we, we but actually life doesn't die. What was born dies. You see, and that that's where you, where if you're just thinking in a, in a dualistic way, then it, then you see death cancels out life. But if you're looking at, at it in terms of mindfulness, then uh, then death is not the, doesn't cancel if it cancels out the condition that was born, but life isn't born and doesn't die and so this but then then what do we mean by life because the experiences that we we call life are usually around condition phenomena only you know so we, we say it's alive because it you know because it has a, a condition that we, we identify as being alive and then and then when it when something dies then we we say then that means there's no more life, and, but and and when and just like in our own experience, we think of when I die, you know, I die, my body dies. But uh, in terms of transcendent realization, then then you can you can relate to terms like eternal life, but not in the way that we. Not as a ideal that we have in the West of the eternal life. It's much it's, it's, it's cause that tends to be associated with some kind of heavenly realm where you live forever. With, apex. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah, you get you know, I was brought up with that, that that then I would I would always be Robert Jackman forever. And I didn't really like the idea, actually. <laughs> and uh, it didn't, didn't appeal to me. But they, uh, well, that mice, and then they say, my mother would say, that which is really you, that essence, you know, your soul, that will live forever. And, and that sounded nice in a way, but then when I tried to figure out what that was, I couldn't come up with anything. You know, what would I want that would live forever? You know, what do I have, you know, in me that that I would want to call Robert Jackman's soul and live forever? And uh, couldn't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but
0: the uh, but then in the, in the, uh, Buddhist practice, where there's awareness, this, you know, experience of awareness, now that's worth living forever, through that awareness, because then, then you're not stuck in the limitations of karma, or of perception, or, you know, it's, it's total, and it's... It's it's not uh, it's not bound by uh, a quality or a condition. So then, reflecting in that way, then and then the then these things like the heedfulness is the way to the deathless. It all began to make sense, you know. I began to to because I'd always in my mind I'd always. Thought in inter- life and death in, in in a very Western way, you know, like like uh, death is the end of life, and then then you then you then you have to have a, a concept of eternal life. But now I see I see more like this is like a like a flower blooming or a, it's a it's a, or a radio or something in the universe, it picks up things, you know, things flow through this, it's a channel. So, so you know, experience things, contact and flow through this form. And, uh, and, and so, but it's not anything in itself, it's not mine, it's not, I can, but I can, out of ignorance, not understanding, then I can identify with this form and think this is me. And then I'm limited by that that because it is a limited form. Mm. And then it has its karma. So the way energy flows through it gets distorted through the knots and twists of one's karma. So, you you know, it kind of goes through this (laughs) this maze and gets, you know, gets all kind of distorted or blocked up. But once you kind of free the mind from its from the blockages. Then it, there's purity, there's intelligence, light. And then then it's like our our life then as an individual human was like a blessing. Like like Buddha was a blessing to humanity. Blesses the world. Or well, blessings so flow through when when you get rid of the kinks. <sighs> And the knots then, the, then, then the blessings, the divine blessings, also because you, you see enlightened beings and their lives have a you know a blessed quality. They're, they're like always a blessing to to the place they're in, and uh, like the lotus, lotus flowers. In Asia, is considered, you know, a symbol for that. Because even in the midst of a filthy, foul slum, a lotus blooms and is still as beautiful as ever. So, <laughs> and blesses the scene, even even in the midst of of, of a sewer, or whatever. These are like a like a, a being that that has. Been liberated from the delusions, and is like a blessing to the world. Like our hearts are considered a great blessing, or saint, good people. Just being good is a blessing. You know, just being a good person. Now I've been criticized for talking about unconditioned in Nibbana. Last year I gave a retreat in, in, um, the Buddhist Youth Association in Bangkok and, and, uh, at the end of it there's this woman, Thai lady, that is a very, is a considered authority on the Abhidhamma. She teaches the Abhidhamma. And so she came the last day on this. And, uh, she's always giving me advice and correcting me when I make mistakes. So at the, at the end of, after the, the uh, I saw her come in while I was giving my talk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then I, I
0: decided I, I wanted to, Get away! <laughs> okay. And after the after and we all dismissed, and she came rushing up and and she said, uh, "Can I make a suggestion, Ajahn?" I said, "But of course." <laughs> and she says, uh, "I don't think you should talk about so much about nibbana." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but and, and I've I, I know it's like I I have been criticized for this, but but to me this is you know this is the whole point, and it's not that I'm trying to to uh, convince anybody, but just. Just try to uh, encourage people to uh, that they can't, you know, realize these things. You know, it's not because in Buddhist countries too, don't they? They're just so stuck with with so many fixed views about Buddhism that that they 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 they, they keep saying the next life, next life. You know, they don't. <laughs> They don't realize, you know, that that, that's not what the Buddha was teaching. He's teaching about, you know, vimutti liberation here and now. He wasn't, he never, you know, that's the, that's the the dispensation of the Buddha, the Four Noble Truths, is about liberation now, not about next life. And then, then we were researching the Paticca Samuppada with the Anagarikas and and then the, the, the interpretation that Buddhaghosa makes in the in Visuddhimagga is about three lives. And you know, so that that's kind of like that. Always made me kind of depressed when I read that because it, <laughs> it sounds like you're born physically born with a vicha, ignorant, and and you can't really get rid of it as long as your body's alive. And uh, so, you, you know, you're kind of stuck from the beginning. You, it's kind of predestined almost. And it, and it does, it seems to me to be seem more like a theoretical teaching rather than uh, than a liberating teaching. But yet, in the scripture, the Buddha was actually contemplating the teacher Samuppada, enlightenment. I mean, it had to be. You know, it, had, it couldn't be couldn't just mean that—that that interpretation. And then Buddha Buddhadasa started talking about arising, you know, simultaneous arising of the present, and uh, and realizing that Avicca isn't isn't like mm, our natural state. And I mean, we like a Western mind, isn't it? We can easily assume like we're born in sin. That's the that's the Judeo-Christian position, you're born in sin. And so you, you you, you know, that that means that you're born a sinner, you're already kind of lost, you know, due to Adam and Eve. We're all paying no price for their indiscretion. And and how long ago did that happen? And, and, and was it that bad, you know, eating an apple? <laughs> So, we, so, we, so this, this, but, the, but you know, as much as we can laugh at that, that that image is underlying European values, Jewish and Christian, and probably Muslim also. Uh, that sense of the fall, and and yet, in one way, it works, you know, in in terms of of um, explaining the human condition why we suffer but but it also tends to put it in a historical context in a previous time where where the buddha's emphasis is on here and now you see so so like the, the Avicca is you know if I think well I'm I'm uh, a lot of people do this. They, they, there's this word, butuchana, like an ordinary person that is unenlightened. So I hear even monks and nuns go around saying, well, we're just butuchanas. You know, so they, they make a mistake or they, they, they lose their tempers or something. Say, well, we're just butuchanas. You know, we're not arahants. And that's like, you know, that's a, a way of, of saying, you know, don't expect me to be a saint because I'm just an ordinary person, I'm not enlightened yet. And uh, and that that can underlie underlie our basic attitude towards ourselves that I am a Batuchina and I I am a sinner or I am impure or I am I'm not enlightened yet. And and that that is based on the ego on the sense of I am and and we you know we certainly can make convincing cases to support that position but but when but when you really uh, examine the moment you know that there's nothing and, and you you know when you' when you're developing when you're Learning to trust in being aware in the present, then that whole sense of being a Bhutuchana or a sinner or that you see is merely a condition that comes and goes in the mind and is not really what you are at all. So, so then you're, you're, if you really begin to break through that basic delusion about yourself, then you can trust in that, in that Pure awareness, because then that's where vicha is, or seeing things as they really are, knowing the truth. So that we're not just trying to 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 get rid of avicha before we have vicha, but we actually realize that vicha is now, and and when we get heedless and we we fall into the old avicha patterns, is all but a beach is not our true nature it's not what we are but it it tends to be an identity we hold and a habit that we have so a, a, the only way to to liberate the mind from that delusion is through this awareness so then then the whole concept of a self just you see it's a convention it's not you know you, <sighs> Like pure awareness is the same in all of us. It is. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't have any name like Robert Jackman or John Smith or, or, any. You know. It doesn't. It has. It's a transcendent thing, so, a, a reality. So it's it's pure and uh, and unblemished. It's like you never lose it. It's never. You never. I mean, you think you lose it, but actually, it's now. And it's never stained by anything you think, say, or do. So even the the most awful criminal, that's done the most atrocious acts, <clears throat> the purity is still there. I mean, that never leaves. But the but the uh, the heavy karma tends to blind it, you know, build up thick layers of. Of, uh, of calluses so we forget but uh, in terms of of experience I mean like just just in, in a life like based on morality like here you know it's so easy to forget uh, and just be fall back into the old attitudes about yourself and the world and And uh, because that's what everybody, how everybody thinks and and feels on on the condition level, is that awakened state so simple? (laughs) 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 But that's see how I I really. I, I, I mean, I've been practicing this for so long that I, as I really know what I'm talking about. So I mean, it's like, it's not, it's not like a theory. But it's, that I see that that even with Buddhist teachers, so much of it is theoretical and, and it's still from, well, I'm not enlightened yet, but I know how to practice Vipassana or something like that. And it, you know, you <laughs> I'm a Vipassana teacher. Of course, I'm not enlightened, but... <laughs> 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 and that, that whole thing goes on you see? so, so uh, it's not that I'm claiming enlightenment either but I mean it's, it's like, I'm not going around claiming I'm enlightened because that's not the way it is either it's, it's, a, it's letting go of all that whole need to to identify with anything <laughs> and trusting in it and, and then of course emotionally we feel you know, you know, emotionally you feel pretty nervous and scared about it because because emotions very much need uh, their habit, you know, their habits, and so you can really feel, you know, even terror. You know, when sometimes you have insights, if, you know, in, many people have insight into first insight into <coughs> emptiness, they become terrified. Because it's like, you know, they're emotionally, they're, they're, the emotions can't take it. Or no self, you know. I remember when, when the idea of no self first came in, it terrified me, because to me, no self sounded like death. Like, like you know, I, I needed to be somebody and, and not to be anybody was, you know, as a concept sounded like, sounded horrific to me. I remember really feeling a fear of that. Or like when when I first came across the Gandhian teachings about non-resistance to evil. You know, non-resistance to evil. And I've been conditioned to resist evil all my life. You know, so the parents and the priests would say, "Resist evil at all costs. Don't let the evil one get you." So, you know, and that was, you know, being brought up as a in a strong Christian background. That was, you know, in, indelibly printed in my psyche: resistance to evil. And then, then suddenly, the teaching non-resistance to evil. And if you don't resist evil, the will take you over. your loss. lost. You
2: know. <laughs>
0: If I don't resist, they will just come and they will just take me over, and I'll be a helpless puppet in the hands of the devil. That's what it, in the logic, isn't it? And, uh, and I can see that, you know, that if that, you know, it's up to me to resist evil, and uh, if I don't, then then the evil forces will take me over. But then Gandhi, of course, couldn't help but uh, you know. By the time I discovered Mahatma Gandhi, I was I wasn't, I was interested the idea of non-resistance to evil. I well, thought that's really interesting.
1: <laughs>
0: but it frightened me because the emotion I was conditioned to resist. And uh, and, uh, and I felt, you know, really, you know, that, that terror, that fear of being taken over if I didn't resist.
1: But, um, we, we talk about attaining.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. So, no, attaining is not the right word. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's not actually how the Buddha speaks about it, it. It just comes from translations into our language, but it's interesting in, in the Pali when the Buddha speaks about. Like say said, Baranivana, in the Theravada countries, people assume that that's something which happens, after comes to the Buddha down, that was the end of the Buddha, yeah. Baranivana. But actually, in, in the Siddharth, in the Baranivana is full, quenching of cool, perfect coolness. We Buddha describes described the, the living archon as somebody who is Baranivana. And then, in is the times, the person actually or reaching that state, he simply uses the, the body and the body, somebody uh, to become cool. So he doesn't actually use the word attainment at all. Uh, very it's, seldom.
0: Well, it's like realize or
1: become witness. Become,
0: yeah. Or, yeah, attainment is. Is, uh, is, is the habit of this language, isn't it? Attaining stream entry, like that. Attaining jhanas.
1: The, the image is given as a simulation, to the simulation right? to with the fire, and it's burning as well as long, and one knows because there is fuel, it's being constantly added and the process continues. So it's like the process of becoming, becoming a self all the time, but then, when the fuel is no longer had it, the fire just burns out. That's the one
0: knows it right
2: there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> is that where that came from? <laughs> cool man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a cool religion. <laughs> That's what, that's what he saw. Like this is a laboratory this here it's like you can prove it all in here and that's the important thing is, is to, you know to don't believe don't believe anyone you know it's not uh, not a matter of, of believing but of testing it out because you know that this is this is what the Buddha was was always his uh, whole point teaching was was this is something to know, was budget to know for yourself. It wasn't to be, wasn't a, that's why Buddhism is a frustrating religion for religious studies teachers. <laughs> <laughs> because they're always trying to interpret it like it was a, a theistic religion or it had, it had metaphysical, it had metaphysical doctrines that you, you start with metaphysical doctrines. Yeah, in a, in a, in theist in other religions, usually it's, it's based uh, on metaphysics, and then uh, and then the Buddha used noble truths rather than metaphysics. So I mean, it it's it's like going to the opposite end of the spectrum. whether from the top, you're coming from the bottom. So you know, like suffering is at the bottom of life, isn't it? Suffering is is banal. It's ordinary. <laughs> not like God, which is I, you know, but it's, it's, it's this ordinary, boring stuff that we all have every day. So then it's, then yet it's, it's noble truths. That's, that's interesting. It's Arya Satcha. So, so then, but then, you see, that gets you into the mindfulness mode, because you're starting from Awareness around something so obvious in, and and uh, so common in in every human life, you know, it's not based on on privileged birth even or wealth, but on just a common human experience of suffering. And then, uh, but then you see, then they say Buddha Buddha taught everything is suffering, like it was a metaphysical teaching. But that's not, you know, that, that's and the, and you see that in some of the books here. Yeah, there used to be one of the texts they used here in Britain. It said, I think it was written by a Christian, that Buddhism is all about. Buddha taught that everything's suffering, as if, you know, life is just all suffering and pain, and it's a pessimistic religion. And uh, on like that, but it's, it's uh, but actually, Buddha taught suffering and the end of suffering. Like Ma, Thana Ta, Mahakosananda always says that the Buddha taught two th- only two things: suffering and the end of suffering. <laughs> <laughs> because that's all you really need to know: those two experiences, suffering and non-suffering, and then that you can extrapolate from there into attachment, non-attachment or self and non-self or or conditioned or unconditioned and just from from suffering and non-suffering to no suffering is like this non-suffering is like this so that's discernment isn't it? you actually <coughs> it's not like it's not not saying one is better than the other or anything, you know, it's not it's not it's not uh, putting down suffering even and saying non-suffering, you know, unconditioned is it, and uh, conditions are all suffering and, uh, but it's it's to discern, to have that clarity of mind to, and know through direct discernment suffering like this, non-suffering is this because in this position of a human consciousness, we, this is what, we're at that point of intersection where we can know both. You know, so, because uh, this is, this is uh, like the Buddha position. The Buddha knows suffering, non-suffering. The, Buddha, the awakened mind. Knows suffering, non-suffering, and self, non-self, and that's where, like, the human. I like that. That T.S. Eliot. <laughs> You know that T.S. Eliot quote uh, to apprehend the point of intersection of the timeless with time, and, and so that that uh, you know that really stuck a note as, as a human state because you're right on the edge and, and just in the point of awareness, isn't it? Right now, it's just like you've got all these these mortal things influencing. You've got a body and a and and sensory consciousness and feelings and all the conditions are operating full on you know right now you've got this thing going on in whatever state it's in that's the time timeless point of intersection of timeless with time that's in the mind you see so this awareness puts you into that that point of intersection where you can discern And no desire, non-desire, self, -self, non-self, grasping, non-grasping, suffering, non-suffering.
1: But the two in that mix of grasping and non-grasping, when you talk about the point of intersection, it's coming to
0: both. Well, in that state of, uh, because you're, you're, you're in that state of, of, of transcendence, and like it's a, you're actually, uh, transcending the condition itself, but you're not l- judging it or losing it. You know, it's not, so it gives perspective to the, to the, um, and, the, you know, the body still operates and, and, the, conditions still rise and cease. But then we're, it breaks because we're, we're, we're so, we have to deal so much with, you know, during a lifetime with the functions and, and experiences of a human, of human sensory experience that we're, we're always, you know, it's so easy to pull, be pulled back into just the habits we have. This is where this continuous reminding, you know, this remembering, this mindfulness, to just, it's like, like a point of where you're not, you're not trying to reject the condition and move into the unconditioned as a refuge, or as a, as a, as a, as a way you're going to live your life. You're, you're learning to relax in the, the natural state of the unconditioned, with all this stuff happening, so that your perspective on it changes from identity to, to uh, identification with it, to reali- realizing its true nature.